It's the Geeky Waffle Podcast. Listen up, dumbasses. You're going to learn something today. Today, we have a subject that is very near and dear to my heart. I've started at 100, and I can only go up from here. Regular listeners will note I am not Candace. Candace is far chiller than this. I'm Arzu. With me, I have Candace. A very scared Candace. <laughs> And our friend Maggie. Bring the same energy that Arzu is bringing. (laughs) We are amped and ready to go because this is something we have been talking about a lot amongst ourselves for the last, I guess, forever. But really, the last couple weeks, as you might have noticed from the title, we are talking enemies to lovers today because there has been a trend among the youths on TikTok and the youths, the young ones on TikTok and Twitter deeply misunderstanding the concept of what enemies to lovers is sort of, I guess, sanitizing it to the point where it's not really enemies to lovers anymore. So we are going to address this today because it is it is the best trope and yet so misunderstood and mischaracterized. So these opinions do not reflect all of the geeky waffle. I would just like that to be known (laughs) because I like friends to lovers too. So I don't dislike friends to lovers. I just don't think they're the same thing. Okay. Continue, Arzu. I just I have to put that disclaimer. No, no that's that's completely fair. So Arzu, What's what the- was like the one ship you've been seeing around that really got you riled up? <laughs> the, okay. That so what really kicked this off was somebody being like the best enemies to lovers couple is Han and Leia from Star Wars. No. <laughs> they are wrong. Eh, eh, wrong. They are rivals to lovers at worst. More like coworkers to lovers, if you ask me, because who among us has not bitched at one of our coworkers about something? Do you know what I mean? So this was just deeply, deeply incre- It's not the worst one we've seen, but it is Look, the most they, prominent. They legitimately have a subcategory in the rivals to lovers trope, which is called Excuse Me, Princess, which is an entire subgenre dedicated to the relationships that are like Han and Leia that are rivals to lovers there is no enemies (laughs) like so can you guys clarify what it means to be an enemy first because I think we know like what a lover means somebody had to have like tried to kill (laughs) yeah the, the stakes need to be pretty damn high like it's generally especially in a fantasy or sci-fi setting you have to be trying to kill each other at some point or at least very deeply life-alteringly sabotage the other one and one distinction i do want to make here because somebody did bring this to my attention and i just want to make it clear if it's violent in nature if you're trying to kill each other the violence must stop before you become lovers that's not cool otherwise that's not what we're we're here to to i guess to represent that's not what we're saying is the best trope ever if you are lovers in an in an intimate situation in a relationship of trust and then the violence starts this is not enemies to lovers at all it's this isn't the boy being mean to you because he likes you you know what i mean like that's that's not correct lovers so so since we're talking about han and leia um you know, they were fr- rivals and they became lovers. And then as, as lovers do, they have a child. Um, this child. <laughs> I knew, knew it was going to come to this. this was going to happen. I bet you probably saw that segue coming too. Yep. This child, Ben Solo. The one, boy, the only, our baby. The one, the only, Ben Solo. Baby boy. Is one half of a very, I guess, polarizing enemies to lovers ship. 
It's not polarizing I mean, here, but were they lovers? Because they just like had a kiss for like half a second. They and have then he was the like, I don't kiss somebody. I don't Star want Wars to. canon. They have the longest kiss in on-screen canon. I love First messing of all. with you guys. Second of this. all, I am not personally in the habit of sticking my tongue down someone's throat for 45 seconds. I've never kissed a friend like that. <laughs> yeah. Like somebody, you know. Y'all have not been drunk enough. Clearly not. And now we're all learning <laughs> things about each other. Wow. <laughs> um, senior like, year of college got weird. I'm just saying. If you're sober and a friend does you a favor, you don't stick your tongue down their throat for 45 seconds if you're not like is adrenaline ridden kind of like being drunk a little bit maybe? Nope. I've okay. been in car accidents with friends and I didn't like suddenly try to like kiss them. <laughs> yeah, that's not at all what's happening here. It would have been lovers if certain people were better at their jobs and had some idea how stories <laughs> were. But oh, that was weird. That, did you hear that cough? I all I heard was a very logical and correct cough. <laughs> so what you guys are saying is they weren't like Han and Leia, like they weren't just like bickering at each other. They were legit they trying to, to kill, kill each, each other. other. They tried to kill each other. And like, you know, there is a that idea that well he tried to kill her therefore abuse. And I would counteract that, you know, he he did throw her into a tree, but she also did stab him in the face. Or I guess hit him in the face. And so she stabbed him in the stomach. Oh, him in the abdomen. Stabbed him in the stomach. She like she gives as good as she gets. I guess is what I'm trying to say. She is feral, and that is okay. Yeah. <laughs> and it's okay because then the minute they sort of like stop that and then come together in in common cause, they are no longer trying to kill each other, and that's the point where it progresses to being lovers. So I guess lovers in the trope sense, not in the in the JJ doesn't know how to write stories sense. Correct. So beyond beyond Raylo, because I know Candace wants to like move on from Raylo because I bring this up a lot. I know. It just feels like a lot of the waffle time is being talked about either Raylo or Ben Solo. You knew what you were getting when you brought Arzu on. I know, but I don't like, know we already that had it with Tori. I was brought on under false pretenses. Okay, so what are some other ships that are enemies to lovers? The accurate version. Basically, like, all of my favorite ships. <laughs> Actually, technically, one of my first ships, real ships, that got me into fandom was Buffy and Spike from yep. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Except they were still violent to each other after they became lovers. So it was not a good, healthy one. It's just a toxic enemies to lovers ship. Yep. It's good in the it's good in the comics though. The comics really redeemed that relationship. I will say, like, I'm a huge fan of the comics because of how they handle their relationship and their growth as people, and how they like took time away from each other and then came back when she was a little bit older and he had had more time with the soul and like they worked really well as a couple in the comics. Oh, okay. Well, now you want to read the comics right now. <laughs> so what are some other ships? So. <laughs> Uh, one that still brings me pain to this day, just because of the fandom. Um, ironically, I was in Vancouver five years ago today. So, um, Captain Swan from Once Upon a Time, Hook and Emma are basically my cookie cutter enemies to lovers ship. Um, I remember comparing it to Spuffy quite a bit back in the day. Um, it also has, um, a similar moment as Raylo with the dried up dead and useless, uh, you're nobody kind of line. Gross. 
Um, they both try to kill each other. And then, uh, you know, with Hook's character, he, like, sacrifices his ship for her. He decides he's going to start being good. And he improves himself so that he is worthy of being with her, which I always liked. Uh, big fan of the men making the sacrifice to change and be a better person. <laughs> I love that he sacrifices his ship and not his life. Right. He gives up his home. That's that. That's like, that's don't enough. tell her about what else around. happens, Maggie. <laughs> I think technically pretty much any once upon a time ship is at one point lovers to enemies to lovers to enemies. Like, hey, they had a baby named Hope, so it's fine. <laughs> I'm glad you brought this up, Candace, because I had a larger question that we can apply back to once upon a time, which is, do we consider Beauty and the Beast as a concept, as a story to be an enemies to lovers romance? And this ties into once upon a time because because of Rumbell. So this is this is my question because I I think it depends on the actual story, but I was wondering what y'all thought. I mean, he did capture her father, and... He is mean to her. Yeah. Like, very mean. Like, locks her in a dungeon in the Disney version and the Once Upon a Time version, too. So we do think Beauty and the Beast is enemies to love And it's not Stockholm Syndrome, like so many people say. not Stockholm Syndrome. Not even. Because if it was Stockholm Syndrome, she would be the one changing. Mm Mm-hmm. Not a damn thing happens till that man changes himself. Exactly. Which is a trend you will find that we all love. Also, you got to give the boy a little leeway. He was 11 when he was turned into a beast. And that's just, you know. Oh, you mean like we have to give Ben Solo leeway because he's had Snoke in his head since he was in utero? Okay. Yes. So that needed yes. to be explained better in the movies. It was not okay. That's the whole thing. We get into every time we talk about but it. But imagine, imagine if instead of some stupid road trip to friggin' I don't know, Kajimi, if we had taken ten minutes to look at that instead. Yeah, that would have been great. Because that would explain so much. Once again. But instead, you just think, oh, was he like twenty and all of a sudden like some people started talking to him and he was like, Oh, I'm gonna be evil now. Like, no wonder people think he was some guy radicalized on the internet. Like, no, not what happened. Once again, J.J. Abrams, stay away from ending a story. Just, you can't do it. Don't don't even try. Okay. Oh, my God. So, we got yeah. derailed by Ben Solo again. I know. We went from Beauty and the Beast back to Raylo again. Everything is Raylo, Candace. It's going to come up a lot. This is all enemies to lovers. Everything's going to, everything's coming up Raylo. Everything's coming up Raylo. Okay, continue, please. Maggie, <laughs> you're crazies. Um, so this is this is one. This is a ship that I think that Candace will be happy to talk about, which is a non-fantasy, non-sci-fi version of Enemies to Lovers, which is Logan and Veronica from Veronica Mars. Heck yeah! They are very antagonistic to each other to a point well beyond rivals uh, to the point of like sabotaging each other's like lives and being kind of awful. Um, And so I think in terms of high school, (laughs) it works. And this is unfortunately another one of those situations where they're still kind of dicks to each other, even after they're together. Um, But they get better. And then he goes, boom. (laughs) Maggie. Oh my God. (laughs) All of my favorite characters are dead. 
look, I had a really traumatizing 2019. I'm allowed to bring up the three deaths in a row. That last season was so strong. That Hulu season, I was like, this is amazing. And then the last five minutes just ruined the entire thing for me. I just don't get it. Like, I I know, but uh, why? This is why everybody tells me this is such a good show. You should watch it. And then I heard about the last season. I'm like, you know what? I don't think I'm gonna. Like, why bring a show back just to kill your main ship? Because because this is the trend in 2019. They said they wanted her to do, like, solo things, and she couldn't do that if she had a husband at home. Not true. And I'm like, that's not, yeah, that's not true. I have plenty of married friends who do things on their own for work. Do these people not understand what healthy relationships are? I don't understand. Yeah, you can spend time away from your significant other and still, like, you know, be in love. It's like, this is Hollywood. Well, of course, see, that happens, and they end up getting divorced, right? I just dislike this overall trend of in order for a woman to be strong and independent, she must be single. I don't, I I don't. It's, it's reductive. It's terrible. It's, uh, that's a whole nother conversation. A little bit off subject, but I have been binging Kim Possible since we did it. And Kim Possible has a boyfriend for the last season, the entire time, and she's still kick ass. And it's awesome. There we go. Okay. subject but i was like yes it's happy it's sort of related so i'm glad you tied it in yes so there are also even just kids things showing that you can be in a relationship and they wonder why birth rates are going down (laughs) it's because you told us that we were all stupid for wanting to get married and it's like well fine i guess i guess i don't want to be stupid what is another one that isn't like I'm gonna murder you, enemies to lovers? One like other real world example, I guess by real world I mean not sci-fi fantasy, is Mindy and Danny from the Mindy Project. Because like in the first couple seasons before they actually get together, because like Logan and Veronica, they actively sabotage each other's lives in the workplace, granted. So this is like straddling that coworkers to lovers sort of line, but They are, like, horrible to each other to the point where, like, if you didn't know they were going to get together and and somebody told you that, like, you'd be justified in not believing them. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, they're just nasty to each other. And then by sort of halfway through season two, that starts to turn around and then then they get together. And then then that becomes a whole different relationship dynamic once they're actually together. Wait, doesn't he, like, dance for her, like, in the first season? That sexy they dance? have like these moments of like truce because you're right he does he does this whole like dance for her like I guess I think it's her birthday or like it's her engagement party or something I don't remember what the occasion was but for the most part their relationship up until up until she's with somebody else and he decides he's in love with her and then that's the whole thing up until that point their relationship is fairly antagonistic yeah he like destroys her like like tells her like okay well you aren't married now so. It's going to take you this long, so you're actually never going to be a mother ever. You're never going to be a mother, up. and like he something like, she wants. Her looks, and he just re- like it's it's more him being nasty, and then her sort of, I guess, addressing that in her own way. But she 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 gives as much as she gives as she much gets. as she gets. It's not that he's bullying her, and then she falls in love with him. Like that's not what happened. No, she's actually like kind of like odd. She feels weird when he starts being like nice to her. 
Yeah, like, like everything everything <laughs> he says her kind of like rolls off her back sort of thing. And then she'll she'll dish it out too. And then then that whole I get, I think he's like falling in love with her because suddenly she's not available. Probably. Uh, why do men do that? <laughs> well, listen, there's a reason that relationship got super rocky later. So Yep. There are other examples, most of which Maggie's more familiar with than I am. <laughs> Yeah, so one of like a newer enemies to lovers ships that I liked for a while. I don't watch the show anymore because I wasn't happy with some of the creative decisions they were taking. Um, but the the TV show Good Girls, which I think is streaming on Netflix, unless like streaming rights have swapped up again, uh, was really fantastic, and it had a really good enemies to lovers. Like Rio is a criminal, and he basically um, he shoots her husband. He like threatens her a bunch he convinces her to like work in his like criminal exploits she ends up like flipping the whole thing and taking it over and she ends up shooting him like that's what ended up making me decide i I didn't want to watch the show anymore they had a really great kiss and like sex (laughs) (laughs) just impersonated uh just stay there (laughs) being like can't say that word um but it was a really great ship while it was lasting. Um, but I didn't like some of the stereotypes they were playing with Rio's character, um, who was a Latino man. And so I decided that I was going to exit viewing it because it just made me kind of uncomfy where they were going with it because it is run by a white woman. So, yikes. <sighs> yeah. So, but it was really good. Like the first two seasons, part of the third season worked for me. And it, I really enjoyed the enemies to lovers because, like, we're getting like a non sci-fi fantasy enemies to lovers and it like worked really well for me but yeah yeah i have so many here i'm so sorry all of the tv shows i watch (laughs) the one that you mentioned is being kind of back and forth on the whole like violence sort of towards each other scale and it doesn't consistently change was phoebe and cole from charmed yes remember you saying this yes so like he is a demon uh, he doesn't like reveal who he is. I'm sorry for spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen Charmed, but like he doesn't reveal that he's Balthazar like when they're together the first time. And obviously, like she's a witch. Part of the it's the premise of the show. The whole premise of the show, yeah. And they get together. The relationship's really cute. She basically makes him a better person. Like makes him decide to like not do demon things. That doesn't go well. He dies. He comes back a couple seasons later. He's evil. She's evil with him, but like not super chill. <laughs> then she has to kill him. Then he comes back another time and then he dies for good. Um, she ends up with an angel, which I guess is like kind of ironic. She ends up with Cupid um, in the end. Um, but I mean, it worked really well. Like I actually liked who she ended up with in the end he was good and nice and whatever but i loved cole and i loved that relationship and that was like one of probably one of the earliest aside from spuffy like one of my earliest enemies to lovers ships and it still holds up for me i've rewatched charmed so many times i've probably rewatched that show a good 40 times because it used to be on tnt reruns in the mornings when i would get ready to like either go to college or go to work or whatever and my mom and i would watch it so I've rewatched it a lot. Still holds up. It's a good enemy to lover ship. So speaking of, she ended up with someone else. I would like to bring up a ship that I only discovered in quarantine from a children's program that has very deeply upset me. And this is, <laughs> tell me if this sounds familiar. So we have this guy, dark haired yes. guy. 
yeah. kind of an angsty one, has family issues and a scar on his face and a lot of power, and it's kind of like oh. hard for him to control. Tell tell me if this sounds like anybody that I have mentioned a lot. Is but it Lion King two? Simba's Pride. Not Lion King two. It's <laughs> Avatar: The Last Airbender. And I discovered this ship, Zutara. So Zuko and Katara, who is like the fe- one of the female leads of the show, they do not end up together. They are not at any point in a relationship. Doesn't she end up with the bald one? She does end up with the bald one. Now so here's the thing, and lovers. Well, okay. So here's the thing about that. <laughs> She is, her whole thing in the show is that she is very maternal. She's like the mom of the group and she takes care of everybody always. Uh, Aang, who is like the bald one, and her brother Sokka are like very, like they're close and they get along and they're constantly acting like Katara's two children. Except Aang has this like unrequited crush on her. And he tells her this a couple times and she's like, I don't want to deal with this right now. And then in the Last episode, she kisses him. And it's like, well, I guess they're together now. Even oh. though it didn't really seem like she was super into it. Now, we have Zuko, who I adore. So he is he is the prince of the Fire Nation. So one of the nations in these, these four nations in the show. And he's like exiled from his homeland over a matter of honor. And he's like, the only way I can reclaim this is to capture the Avatar, or Aang, and like bring him before my father and he'll restore my honor to me. So by the end of season one, spoilers, by the way, by the end of season one, he sort of realizes that it kind of has a change of heart. And then halfway through season three, decides to join the heroes and fight against this his father. feels family. really familiar. So he decides to like fight with the heroes midway through season three to take down his father, who is basically going to like take over the world. So unlike certain other dark haired, angsty boys with scars on their faces, he gets a bit of a chance to have his redemption arc and it's actually really well done and then he and katara kind of because they are both very powerful benders who can like control elements bond a lot over these last few episodes to the point where if you didn't know that they don't end up together you would think that they would like he he saves her life he takes a lightning bolt to the chest for her like it's really sweet considering he was trying to kill them a season ago you know what? This reminds me another Dante Bosco and Mae Whitman ship, which is American Dragon, Jake Long. Would you consider Jake and Rose? I love that show so much. To be enemies to lovers. I didn't watch it consistently enough. I, I don't know. I know Maggie did. I would say potentially, yeah. Because they are a mooring side. She's part of this clan that destroys dragons, and he's a dragon. Yeah, I would say, yeah. She eventually gives it all up when she finds out he's actually a dragon. It takes her time. Do they end up together in the end? Yes. Okay, good. So at least there's some resolution somewhere. Even though they're like 14 or something. Well. So who knows what's going to happen with them. So I'm glad that ends well. Because here's my issue with why Zutara didn't end up properly. Was the showrunners being of the mind that if Aang is the hero of the story, then why shouldn't he be the one to get the girl? Oh, no. No. And I that was that the so it's like it's like what? So this guy's gonna show up and suddenly he gets the girl. I'm like, I don't know, maybe ask the girl. Like, I don't know enough about this, like a hundred percent, but I feel like at least Dante Bosco was behind the idea of Zutara. Maybe Mae Whitman too. I'm not a hundred percent sure. But th- their whole opposition was that, you know, the hero deserves the girl. I hate that I hate. when they treat people like rewards, especially it's women. Like we are not prizes to be won. So 
No. I'm no. sorry. Speaking of the hero gets the girl, Maggie, we need to talk about it. Which which one are we talking about? Are Darklina. We talk- are we talking about the show that's going to be coming to Netflix very soon? Yes. We need to, we okay, need to talk about this. Spoiler alert for Shadow and Bones. Yes. Which, full disclaimer, neither Maggie nor I have read for this exact reason. Okay, so. and I'll put, guys, I'll put a time code to skip in case you don't want to be spoiled in the notes well, summary. That is a good idea. So basically, Shadow and Bone is a trilogy of books which is set in a fantasy world with magic and hoo And the two characters, there you have someone who is evil, quote-unquote, the villain. And then you have a very powerful female character that he is impressed by. And then you have her best friend, whose name is Mal. Which means who, evil in several languages. So many languages. And I'm just like, really interesting. He is not chill- at all he basically like as far as like i know like has a bunch of different like random relationships and very like sketchy like i don't like the descriptions at all that this author chooses to use about the women that he is appealed by it's very anti-feminist anyways uh all these busty ladies out to steal this man yeah basically like busty girls are gonna steal your best friend uh so you should get with him before he is stolen by a busty lady yeah not cool. Uh, and like literally the moment he realizes, like as far as I am, have been made aware of from the passages of the book I have read, uh, he basically only decides that he has an interest in his best friend after she's like spending time with like the villainous character and like there's like a spark there. It's also and- worth noting that she's unbelievably powerful, this best friend of his. And he resents that. So much resentment. And I think... I'm not 100% sure, but I think she loses her power by the end of the series. And then he's like, we can get together now. Yep. So. But, you know, nice guy gets the girl at the end. Sorry, villain. He wins the girl at the prize. And then I guess something bad happens to the villain. Oh, yeah. Again, quote unquote villain. He gets Ben Soloed. He gets Ben Soloed. But unlike Ben Solo, apparently he comes back later. Maybe. Who knows? Anyways. (laughs) If you like enemies to lovers, don't get too attached to the TV show because it's not going to happen. Unless they change it up. It's not going to happen. Okay. (laughs) I'll I'll talk about that off camera. (laughs) Okay. Now that we've kind of, I guess, covered enemies to lovers, we've also been seeing sort of around our Twitter timelines and stuff, people discussing what their favorite enemies to lovers ships are that are not even a little bit enemies to lovers. Y'all are driving me insane. My personal favorite is when somebody said that Leslie and Ben from Parks and Rec oh. were their favorite enemies to lovers. I'm like, that's not, no. Put a calzone in your mouth and hush. Like, what I think people are getting confused about is like rivals to lovers. Yeah. Leslie and Ben are rivals in Leslie's head, but not in Ben's. <laughs> no. He is impressed by her day one. Yeah, yeah he's he like, does like her. That boy is impressed on day one and in love on day three. Like, and that's it. Yeah, you see those faraway looks. Yeah. He was never enemies with her. No, like she, she thinks just, they're enemies. She over-exaggerates everything. So she thinks that he is the enemy. But yes, yeah, so that was my, that's my biggest, biggest one. I know, Candace, you feel really strongly about one. Um, People have been saying Mr. Darcy and Elizabeth are enemies to lovers. Have you ever read Pride and Prejudice or watched any of the movies? 
skin. They're not like trying to kill each other or trying to ruin each other. They're they not just- even rivals. Yeah, they just don't like each other at the beginning. That's it. It's interesting because it's especially like people who are fans of the 2005 version who who cite this. But I'm like, but he's just, if anything, that is the softest Mr. Darcy I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> he's like really awkward. He's just, he mm, he's a precious boy. Yeah, like he's not, he's not even that mean. It's just like he doesn't know how to talk to people. Yeah, he's just socially awkward. Yeah. So, oh, I have a question for you guys. Yeah. Princess Diaries 2 mm-hmm. is Anne Hathaway and Chris Pine's character. Are they enemies to lovers? Because he's trying to take away her throne. Mm. I would say so. Like, it's, yeah. it's not, you know, the, the stakes are not as high as like trying to kill each other. But as far as like the genre goes, I, I would consider that enemies to lovers. Yeah, I would agree. And what a delicious ship Oof. that one is. So Oof. good. Yeah, I'm seeing on this list is like 10 things I hate about you. Like, yeah, I could I could like, see why they think that. But they're not even enemies, though. They. Oh, that's true. She has. She's Patrick. They and... only vaguely aware of each other. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because it's not personal. That's the thing. That's the big thing with enemies to lovers is the, the stakes need to be personal. So something like Romeo and Juliet would not be enemies to lovers because their parents don't get along. But it's not personal for either of them. Exactly. Oh, another one is Clueless with Cher and Josh, her ex-stepbrother. No, that's siblings to lovers. (laughs) Oh, no, that's a Game of Thrones trope. Oh, another one I I saw somebody saying, quote, unquote, they are the blueprint is Anastasia and Dimitri. Oh, that's what the one we really got talking about. Yeah, that that one I just I saw red. Like they are snarky. They're rivals to lovers. If that because they're not even really in competition for anything. No. They just don't get along. They're just both sassy. It's like sass master to lover. I don't know. I don't even, I guess, would that be an excuse me princess trope? Probably. Yeah, I think that one falls under the excuse me princess trope. Because just, no, that's not. People drive me crazy. Like. Yeah. If that's what you think it takes to be an enemy, like, y'all have, have a lot of enemies. enemies. It's, that's the thing is, it is. I guess if if the mentality is that something like Anastasia and Dimitri or Leslie and Ben is like enemies to lovers in in your mind, then it's little wonder that something like like Spuffy, like Raylo, would seem like an abusive relationship. If the highest point of animosity you can imagine is Parks and Rec, then of Sometimes course, like trying to kill each other in a high fantasy setting feels will be way too much for feels your like abuse delicate for you. sensibilities. I would like to say Buffy and Spike super toxic season six. Oh, yeah. Just okay, so maybe up. that was a bad example. Yeah, that's a bad example. Can you bad tell? Example. I've only seen a little bit of Buffy. Yeah. They literally start fighting and then, like, go into having sex with the fighting. And they take down a house. It was very riveting for me as a 14 I was going to say, I really enjoyed that scene as a child. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I really, ooh. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is what I should be looking forward to. I have not taken down a house yet. 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 Have not ruled it out. Also, speaking of people misidentifying enemies to lovers, I saw a tweet two nights ago, I think, in the middle of the night where somebody said that Wanda and Vision were enemies to lovers. And I was like, no. By the time Vision was born, Wanda had already become like part of the Avengers. She saved all those people on the train. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't understand. Like, they literally are on the same side when Vision comes out of the box and is, quote, born. 
I would love to know what the logic was in calling Wanda and Vision enemies to lovers. Like, what are they? Because one time she was mean to him. Oh, right. Okay, she was so, trying to leave. So the it's the Leslie and Ben effect. Got it. One time she was mean to him. Oh, the one time yeah, she puts him through the building yeah. in Civil War. Yeah, but that's like superpower people having an argument. Yeah, with the exactly. with the sci-fi or fantasy setting, like everything gets heightened, including the way they have arguments. I feel like they could take a house down. Like, I'm trying to think of what an example of enemy soldiers oh, the have. MCU would be. It would be, I think, if like Nat and Clint got together Nat and were and lovers, Clint are best friends. No, but. They were on opposite sides beforehand. Uh, it's it's Stucky, Steve and Tony. No, uh, Steve, sorry, Stony. St- uh, Steve and Tony in Civil War would be enemies to lovers. Yeah, like Nat and Clint. Nat and Clint were were friends coming up through Shield. Like they were barely enemies. Mm. I'm just thinking of what has been shipped the most. But yeah, Stucky. Um, maybe Steve and Bucky. They're friends. Yeah. They would be friends to lovers. Friends to enemies to lovers. Yeah, they have that period right. of enemies. Because I've definitely seen them called that for certain points in their relationship, which is why they're the first name that came to my head there. My thing with Stucky, though, is because, like, they do have that animosity, but Steve, it's not reciprocated on Steve's side, right? Because he's always like, that's Bucky. That's my BFF. That's the thing. is like, to him, that's still his best friend. It's just Bucky doesn't recognize him. Well, it wasn't until he took his mask off before he was like, ooh, that's my enemy. And then he was, like, shocked. And we were all like, yeah, he's called the Winter Soldier. We know what that means. (laughs) <laughs> another comic book thing is Catwoman and Batman yes which they also have like a whole like side trope thing which is the whole like courting an enemy thing like you're like I can't remember. let me see what the exact name of it is so I don't Call get her- dating. it's dating Catwoman there we go dating Catwoman I was like courting Catwoman <laughs> but like we better. were talking before this episode is you guys mentioned that they're not actively enemies. Mm-hmm. They're kind of just like on opposite sides. She's not actively trying to like take over Gotham like the Joker. Right? No. And like anytime that they have any mild like fighting, it always ends with those super suits coming off. Bow, chicka, bow, wow. Like they can take down a house. They can take <laughs> that house. Like, that's, that's the thing about them that I always thought was so fascinating was, like, any time that there's, like, you've stolen this thing, you've worked with the wrong person, like, we're on opposite sides of this thing, and they're always like, you know how we could work this out? <laughs> Body language. <laughs> nice. But yeah. never enemies to lovers. They're just rivals. Okay, so even they don't count as enemies to lovers. No. How about Talia and Batman? Yes. And then they have an evil baby together. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, he's not but he was raised as an assassin, so he can be a little, you know, little attitude baby. Evil baby, so are they never not enemies? Uh, Complicated because he's like enemies with her father. Ooh. So do they count as enemies to lovers if he's only enemies with her father? No, but they're they're adversaries too. And she tries to kill him. Yeah. Good for her. (laughs) (laughs) Who wouldn't try to kill Bruce Wayne? (laughs) Because it depends on the Bruce Wayne. Yeah, true. And I think it also, like we were talking about Catwoman and Batman, I guess it matters the iteration of it. Because there are some Catwomans that are portrayed more like pure villains. And they are all wrong. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> For being that portrayed wrong. that way? Yeah. That's that's not Selena Kyle at all. So many people get her character wrong. What's their ship name? Batcat? Batcat. I wrote a whole article at Your Money Geek about how Batcat is the best relationship in the DC universe. 
Because it is. Because of that super intense, let's work this out in bed dynamic. Yeah. Oh my god, that just reminds me of the TV show Gotham. Lee, who was, like, dating Gordon, like, decided to, like, slum it or something. And then she started, like, having, like, this murder relationship with the Riddler. Oh god, don't remind me. I found that hot for some It reason. was, but it was such a weird... No. I was like, did you guys just need to, like, up your ratings or something? And like, I'm so mad. They just, like, dropped it. And I was like, no, I need, like, a conclusion to that because that was really engaging. That was what drove me cry- crazy about it was, like, they just dropped it and never and went anywhere. Gordon. But, like, one of the seasons ends with both of them stabbing each other. Well, sh- And kissing each other. It's really... That show. Oh, my God, that show. Oh, Gotham. I stopped after one season. I couldn't do it. It's starting to feel like a chore. But I, I, it was a hot mess, but it was not my hot mess. That's how the best ships are. My hot mess. Where they try to stab each other? No, being a hot mess. Well, yes. Big fan of stabby ships. Stabby, messy ships. You know it's a stabby ship. Yes, you guys are. Bring it back to Raylo, right? Yeah. You know what's a really stabby ship is Raylo. Yeah. She stabbed him in the abdomen. <laughs> oh god i can't even talk anymore you guys have broken my brain okay any more enemies to lovers you would like to cover i don't i don't know if this often gets brought up as enemies to lovers but just because i'm canadian and i need to do the obligatory shout out Anne and gilbert are not enemies to lovers they are rivals at best and what is that from Anne of green gables or Anne with okay. an e if you're like a fan of the netflix series okay and what is the take what is the takeaway you would like the youth of today to have from this discussion it's okay if you don't vibe with enemies to lovers it's not for everybody but like for for crying out loud like there is a very specific thing of what enemies to lovers is and it's not minor inconvenience to lovers that's not it it's not the same thing if that's your ship if that's your dynamic that's totally cool there are so many cool stories like that but that's not enemies to lovers that's what i want the youths to take away from me an old woman okay that sounds like arzu is like dropping her mic but don't do it because those things are expensive um maggie anything else to add for the youth <laughs> youths it's okay to enjoy fiction where characters try to kill each other it's it's kind of the fun of fantasy and science fiction and uh it's it's been around since before you were even a thought in the womb uh, so chill and just let the grown-ups enjoy their ships because when you're older, you're going to look back and be like, oh my God, I can't believe I tweeted that and like bullied somebody over fiction. It's not cute. Don't make that your personality. Just Ooh, don't. And on, on a final note to the grown-ups that feel the need to tell the other grown-ups that by enjoying enemies to love our ship, we are somehow uh, condoning abuse or other horrific no. behavior. <laughs> we are not. We are very, very clear about that. That is not what this ship is. I feel like you guys are talking about something very specific, but, like, I'm not going to go into it. Somewhat specific, but it's not super specific. Okay, well, Arzu, Maggie, thank you for telling us your feels. Maggie, can you tell people how to find you online? You can find me on Twitter at Maggie of the Town. Awesome. And you can find us at thegeekywaffle.com. You can find all our social medias. We're at the Geeky Waffle. So we hope you keep shipping whatever you want to ship and stay geeky.